Hey everyone, welcome back. This is the third episode of the Vegan Spire podcast. Thank you so much for joining once again. Today we have our very first guest, Lewis O'Brien. Lewis is a fellow animal rights activist who I met at a vigil in Farnborough not long ago. Uh, Lewis has been very vocal and has done so much for the animals. So let's introduce Lewis and hear more about his work and his dedication for the animals. Okay, hey Lewis, how are you? Hey Connor, how you doing man? I'm doing alright myself. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, I just got back from a vigil in Suffolk, so uh, it was like an hour and a half drive to get there, hour and a half back, um, but only only three trucks turned up today, which was a bit frustrating, but I suppose it's good for the for the animals. Yeah, man, local farms, eh, driving like an hour and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there literally is no nowhere closer to me than than that so uh yeah but even it was quite cold when we first arrived but it it warmed up uh quite a lot and then obviously all the pigs were panting and stuff so i managed to get some good footage and hopefully i'll have some good stuff to share that's horrible man i hate it always early mornings as well aren't they they are yeah yeah you have to wake up really early yeah man poor pigs though getting chucked from the truck they're the real real victims in it aren't they yeah, so um, what sort of things have you been up to? Have you been to any new events or anything like that? So I went to Animal Rebellion um, at the beginning of September. That was in London. But since then, I've been move, sort of moving. I'm from Southampton initially, but my girlfriend lives up in Telford, um, yeah. where we used to rep abroad together as holiday reps. This year, we've sort of been separated by this pandemic. Um, so like six months apart now, we're finally getting getting back together and um yeah so i'm in the process of moving so it's a bit of a busy time uh, but plans plans coming up i'm definitely going to get involved with the shropshire badger coal um because just animals everywhere are being exploited so wherever you can help out it's um yeah it's a great opportunity to get out there and do some good yeah yeah that's it is really crazy to be to be fair how much exploitation there is once you learn about learn about it because i think we all focus on things like the meat and dairy industry but you don't realize how much else there is outside of that that is still happening yeah it's crazy like when i think back back to my roots um the first stuff i sort of become aware of was vivisection which of course is animal testing and that's always not really sat right with me um when i was younger of course and then get getting a bit older when I started to actually think about this stuff. Yeah, it just seems like no animal is safe anywhere. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, stuff like badger culling and stuff like that. I mean, before I went vegan, I thought that sort of thing was uh, like made illegal or whatever. Yeah, horrendous. Out... Fox hunting too. Yeah, yeah, fox hunting. I mean, even when I've been out cycling um, around where I live in Southwood and Ferries, there's been. Uh, people doing fox hunting and stuff but I saw that before I was vegan so I sort of didn't make the connection that that's what was going on but I don't know how I'd react now if I saw people hunting foxes I'd probably have a few words to say yeah man it always seems like a bit of violence from their end as well yeah I've heard that like one of the most violent sports ever um so they're not going to be too polite to people trying to stop them (laughs) (laughs) no I mean I've heard um who have said that they've had like their nose broken and stuff like that from being My kicked. goodness. Yeah. Hunt just... Sabs. I've got huge respect for Hunt Sabs. Yeah, yeah, that is it's something I would be interested in doing actually, but I think you have to have like training or something, don't you, to be able to learn how to like be effective, I suppose. 
I'm not sure. It's not something I've looked into too, quite much. I always feel like it's a bit of an intimidating one where they are quite aggressive. I'm, I've never been in like any sort of violent scrapes in my life. So I'm just, I try to avoid <laughs> that always, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something that I definitely look, look more into, especially um, after I get involved with uh, trying to help out with the Badger Curl. Um, it's something that I look more into. I think it would give me a bit more confidence. Yeah. Yeah, because I was, I was going to say, the guy, uh, Joe, that runs the Farnborough Vigil, where we met the first time, Yeah, um, he was telling me a funny story about where he'd been uh, trying to stop the fox hunting and had been chased round a tree, like, round, <laughs> like they were chasing him round and round the tree, uh, and then he got whipped a few times, I think, oh, my goodness. something like that, but I think that might be who said he's had his nose broken, so... Uh, if Joe's listening, then he may be able to send me a message and shout out to Joe, absolute <laughs> legend for sorting out the farm vigils. Um, he's had a bit of an bit of an accident recently, but hopefully he'll be back up on his feet soon. Yeah, yeah, that that is one of the, the best vigils I think I've been to, just because it's a it's sort of more of a connection because it's the farmers that drop the animals off rather than like big commercial trucks. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It's scary to actually meet them people as well, isn't it? Yeah, especially about that story I've mentioned in a previous episode where the farmer had already cut the cow's throat. Oh, that was that was the first day we met. That was the first form (laughs) of activism I'd ever got involved in, actually. Yeah, it's just like (laughs) jumping straight into uh, the most extreme thing I've ever seen. Yeah, my goodness. On your your first day of ever. But it definitely showed me. Um, it showed me that I'm up for doing more it was something that I was quite worried about seeing the animals turn up alive but once I've seen seen one turn up in that condition it sort of made me think like you mentally you can do this so you should be going out and speaking for these animals wherever possible and since then I've been quite on it with activism I think this is the longest period I've gone since Animal Rebellion without actually going out and doing anything so I'm I'm itching to get settled in and go out and help more yeah I think that's a probably one of the biggest things that motivated you to actually carry on I suppose even though it's horrible to see but it sort of uh confirms in your mind why why you're doing it in the first place yeah for sure absolutely yeah so how long have you been vegan for now since the beginning so vegan goodness um about six and a half seven years now wow yeah that's that's longer than me I've only been vegan uh about a year now so it's still fantastic, dude. Even if it had been a day, we still encourage. <laughs> we still, you're still one of us. If it's only been a day, yeah, yeah. So, what was the reason for you going vegan in the first place? Do you remember what it was that motivated you to make a change, or something that you just My saw goodness. and you just decided to make a immediate I rem- change? Or... I remember it like a. I remember it like a birthday. Like it's so clear in my head. It, I was. It was two days after I was 19 and I went out for my friend's birthday. Um, we went to a chain restaurant, a Brazilian restaurant. I won't say the name, but it was a Brazilian restaurant. Um, we sat around the table and they started bringing meats out on sticks. Um, so the first one that come out was uh, venison. And yeah. I thought, oh, no, that's deer. I, I can't eat deer. Um, and th- this is back in my like eating steak days, um, cockles, all that sort of. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot I wouldn't put in my mouth back then. Um, so, yeah, it came out with venison. And I thought, no, I can't eat a deer. I'll wait for the next one. So then they came out um, and they said, oh, this one's veal. And I was like, no way. No, I can't eat a baby cow because um, it's a baby animal. No way. Uh, and then they brought out chicken and I just like a click in my head just went hang on how will you not eat the other two what's the difference between them two 
than the chicken. Mm. So I didn't have any. Um, and I started thinking about my cat at home. Um, I've, I've often had pets around. Um, and I just sort of thought, so if there's no difference between the deer, the baby cow and the chicken, there's no difference from them three to my cat. And I thought, yeah. perhaps this is something to look into. So my mum's been vegetarian since she was 12. That's a decision she made. Um, but the story with a lot of vegetarians who I meet um, when out doing outreach, they've been vegetarian for like 20 or 30 years, but never knew about the dairy industry. Um, yeah. So these people come from a time where even going vegetarian, they were laughed at. Even then it was like a, an extreme step. What, not eating animals, you weirdos? <laughs> Here, just have a cheese-filled lasagna. And they'd never know about the dairy industry. Um, but then since finding out that beef is really a byproduct of the dairy industry, there's no point cutting out one and not the other. It just yeah. seems like a bit of a defeatist step. Um, so I often meet vegetarians who are quite disappointed that they've still been contributing to that uh, when their their initial intention was not eating meat because they didn't like the thought of animal suffering. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, actually, to hear about how you made that connection without even because a, a lot of time it's like someone saw something really horrific mm. or some really crazy story towards it. But yours is just that connection that you you had towards your cat and that made you yeah compare it to like a deer but isn't it weird how no one would ever eat a deer but then you bring out a cow and they're or like steak and you go oh yeah it's, it's completely fine but yeah then when you realize it's it's a baby cow then all of a sudden that uh, it's, it's weird it's just, because like the difference in age plays such a big factor in... it's guilt isn't it you feel that guilt because you think of like adult humans and you see adult humans in t on tv getting shot and you see adult mm. humans on tv and accidents on like casualty and all these little bits and pieces you see growing up but you never really see that suffering towards children and babies on tv so yeah. the idea of like a baby or a child suffering is far far worse than uh, an adult suffering um and you've also sort of got mixed in um Oh, sorry, I've lost my trail of thought, man. I'm so, I'm so ADHD, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> no, that's fine. But I also suppose it's something to do with the fact that the way we see human babies are like mm. innocent and... Uh, yeah, innocent, vulnerability. Yeah, and I suppose that's also relatable with uh, younger animals as well. But yeah. it's weird how we don't realise that when we're eating chicken and uh, pigs that they're also babies because, I mean, pigs are like six months old and chickens are only six weeks old. I was disgusted by the stuff I found out, Connor, after that. I, um, I, I went home and I did my research. Um, where my mum, like I said, she was vegetarian since 12. Um, but where her and my dad split up um, and I used to see my dad separately, him and his mum would feed me meat anyway because I think she was brought up on farms and that's, that's just how they were. Uh, so my mum not wanting to, like, infringe on my personal choices and to ha let me have, like, the same as everyone else, she would still cook me meat, she'd still go out and buy me meat. Um, but unfortunately, I was one of those ignorant meat eaters who goes, no, no, I don't want to watch, I don't want to know what happens. Yeah. Um, she, there was times where she did try and speak to me about it, but I, I was just always like, no, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. And um, it's it's really... Being on the other side of that now, it's really quite 
angering to hear people say that because none of us want to know that animals are suffering but the fact of the matter is that they are and we all need to make a collective effort to stop this because if it was human babies or it was just humans we'd want this exploitation to stop no. um, that they're no different to us that they can't speak our language but that's probably the only difference there is they've got organs they've got beaten heart they've got love they've got feelings and yeah. because we can overpower them and we can make them do what we want we we choose to do that uh just yeah after getting home that night and then starting to research things in the following weeks i, I was vegan in no time yeah i mean it is interesting that argument of uh whether we're equal to animals or, mm. or whatever but I mean, something I always say to people, I've had uh, outreach events before where they've brought up the uh, argument that we care about animals more than we care about humans mm. or whatever. But it's not necessarily that you even have to think that um, <clears throat> animals are equal. No. Sorry, I have a really sore throat today. Oh, no, you're OK. <clears throat> it's, it's not coronavirus. No, maybe if you had some more protein in your cono, <laughs> you wouldn't have a sore throat. <laughs> yeah, some more calcium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird how... I've completely forgotten now as well. Um, no, you're all right. It's the sore throat vibes. Yeah, it's not I the... I think you're probably panicking about COVID now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the fact that we... Oh, for God's sake. <clears throat> yeah, it's not the fact that we think we're equal. Mm. It's just the fact that we view animals as lives more important than something as trivial as a sandwich or a five-minute meal. Yeah, um, Especially course. when we have other things that we can easily get from the shops and it's such an easy and quick decision. Yeah, but, th this is that's uh, the thing, really. And I, I think this is why I've just started doing outreach <clears throat> recently, uh, because six and a half, seven years ago, when I did first start to make that change, I remember going out for a meal with some of my friends. And th this was my core friend group at the time. Um, there was about 25 of us. I think it was someone's birthday. Um, but then they started picking on me at, at the table about being vegan. <laughs> even some dude who I've like never even met before. I've never even spoken to him. It's like, you've not got you've not got a rapport with me just shut up dude um i yeah. remember i ended up pay paying my money and getting out of there as soon as possible and then uh, quite a few of them people i never actually spoke to again um yeah but back yeah. then it was it was harder to find options six and a half years ago I, I could understand back then why people weren't doing it um for selfish reasons like convenience but now when you can go into the shop and you've got four pints of dairy milk with millions billions of pus cells on it and people listening you you can google this does dairy milk contain pus and it, it'll come up with an article straight away i think it's blood as well isn't it yeah blood and the, if their udders are dirty when the um when the device is put on them to extract the milk then if they've got feces on there or anything that's all going to get oh. into the milk and when you've got a carton of soya milk right next door to that why are you choosing the cruel option? And I think yeah. a lot of it is to do with conditioning. And I think especially when you hear things like people saying uh, that vegan food is weird or like oat milk is really weird. <laughs> and then when you look into like the production of dairy milk or what happens, even just that the process itself is just so weird and so creepy. And especially when you think, that we're the only species to drink milk from another animal. It's and, bizarre. And then what? people go on about how the, a vegan diet isn't natural. That's oh. what really gets me after they just drank some milk from a, a, a cow 
it's kind absolutely like, then... yeah it's absolutely crazy i was um i was watching a episode of Gogglebox the other the other week um of <laughs> season 16 episode one if anyone wants to go out and watch <laughs> it um I, I did a little bit of a video about it but i need to sort of redo it to a bit of a shorter way um the, the general gist of it was i was sat with my girlfriend's parents watching it now my girlfriend wasn't vegan when we first got together uh, about a year in i said look you don't have to make any decisions you don't have to go vegan but i'd just like you to understand why i am so I showed her the truth about dairy, which is an Earth and Ed video. Um, it's just a six-minute video uh, just about the dairy industry. I think that video was filmed quite locally to me. In a, was it? At a farm in Colchester, yeah. Because I remember seeing that not long after I went vegan. And uh, then especially when I learned that it was quite close because mm. I was definitely one of those people that sort of believed that if you get it from a local place, then... Yeah, that these some... words mean something like local, organic, yeah. free-range. So they come from this, like, fairy tale place where the animals just retire and go off into fields that we never see or yeah, something like that. This um, picture that's been painted by these marketing companies, just there's a reason they're lying to us and it's for our money. But mm. fortunately, people like me and you have sort of had that moment where we've seen that and we don't want to pay for that anymore because when you pay for meat or you pay for an animal product, you are saying, please go out and do this more. I'll be back next week with yeah. the same amount of money yeah. and buy it off you. And I, I think it's amazing that your girlfriend uh, has done it with you as well because yeah. um, me and my girlfriend, Charlie, I uh, decided to do it originally and then charlie was just really supportive and was like yeah I'll, I'll do it with you sort of thing and we both watched a few of the uh documentaries like land of hope and glory and mm. what the health and stuff like that yeah and uh we both decided to do that together but now i'm really grateful that we both are vegan because mm-hmm. a lot of the time you know when you get crap off people at the dinner table and stuff it would be really hard if you were just on your own like yeah that like nobody else understands where you're coming from but to have that person where you share that um sort of philosophy with is really really uh comforting sometimes i just think the more and more i delve into it um and ever since seeing that first batch of animals getting delivered to a slaughter slaughterhouse um i just the more and more i'm struggling to be around people who are in that mindset um i know i no longer eat with people at the dinner table who are eating that stuff um because I've really been interested in doing something like that yeah. because to um, me that it's not about I know like we have to obviously abolish these industries mm. altogether but it's sort of uh, showing people that we don't think it's acceptable at all because even though I'm not consuming it myself sort of when you're surrounded by it and you're not speaking up it's sort of almost like suffocating normalizing the the fact that they're still eating it and it's sort of uh, in their mind like oh it's fine because I can still have it. Yeah, or, it's, or whatever, just his, it's just his choice. Whilst I'm starting to eat my lamb roast dinner, I'll ask him why he does that. Well, yeah. I, I've, I've been in them positions enough. Um, the last time I actually spoke to my gran, I was in that exact position. Um, and I just, I think, who are these people to go, oh, right, so why are you vegan? The question is, why aren't, why aren't you? you? Why are you still paying for these things to happen? Like it's 2020. Human beings are supposed to be smart and intelligent. We're supposed to evolve and we're supposed to adapt to our environment. 
we're the only creature on the planet that is actively destroying the environment they live in. We live in yeah. such privilege nowadays in this country. We've got central heat and double blazing and all this stuff. And people talk about, oh, it's our natural instincts to eat meat. It's your yeah. natural instincts to live in a cave and poo in a hole. But you're not doing them things. People no. during outreach say to me, oh, yeah, but cavemen used to do it. Well, you're not living like a caveman. You've got jeans on and a smartphone in your pocket. <laughs> it's just the lies people tell. And I, I made a Facebook status about this uh, at the beginning of the year when I was getting right into speaking out about it. I said uh, people, something along the lines of people's behavior when discussing why they still eat meat and dairy, their, their replies are, are that of a drug addict desperately get yeah. hold of any excuse to kind of justify their habit and and to me I, I just find it astonishing that that is the sort of thing you hear from the majority of people mm. I mean as well we we always talk about how um animals are compassionate and and things like that but to me the real question is if if humans are so as clever and compassionate as we describe them to be mm. why is it so hard to get people to acknowledge the fact that what we're doing is immoral or or wrong in the in the first place especially when we are the ones after all who can choose and have options yeah. and we live in the way we do whereas i mean other animals would would go out their way not to harm us yeah and they're not even in the same situation or circumstances we are but then yet we claim to be so superior to animals um we're, yeah in, we're in that way we're but it's almost like we're the ones without funds. the feelings it's like it's like almost we're we're the ones that don't have the feelings mm. but we're we're sort of uh portraying them to not have feelings when re in the reality they're actually kinder than we are yeah it's a really really interesting way of looking at it actually because we're like oh no it's fine we're, i'll stun them put put a bolt in their head first drop them into a gas chamber yeah. first and then we'll cut them that's that's a mercy so so many people say oh I like to know that my meat comes from a good place. I like to think that animals have come from good welfare conditions. And all these people use this word welfare. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just so bizarre to me because the reality is that 86%, I think it's that, that works out as like over eight and a half million pigs in this country are gas chambered. Now, yeah. when I was in school and learned about the Holocaust and history... We didn't get taught that, so the Germans killed all these Jewish people, but it's all right because they've done it humanely. We yeah. were told that that's an absolute <clears throat> disgrace in human history, that something like that should never, ever, ever happen again. So to find out it's happening all over the world to pigs and chickens, it just, it blows my mind. What planet are we living on? What, what year are we living in? Yeah, and it's interesting because that, uh, well, the animal um, holocaust or gassing is uh, was happening long before the uh, when obviously Hitler did all those horrible things to the mm. Jews, and then it's still happening to this day. So obviously we we sort of looked back on we look back on that holocaust as like the worst thing that humans have ever done. Yeah, and, uh, completely forget that we're still doing the exact same thing to to pigs and stuff but mm. as well the guy who constructed all of the gas chambers in uh with the holocaust actually was a i think he was a pig farmer or a chicken farmer and okay. so we've actually learned how to do that to uh, to people 
because of uh, the way we treat animals, which is is just uh, astonishing to me. And then, yeah, like the same thing with me. I learned all about that at school. Mm. And you sort of assume that those things are completely, uh, have disappeared now. Horrific, and, isn't it? And yeah, and you don't realise that it's still going on to this day. Absolutely baffling but to me. I suppose it's uh, I don't animals. know what's worse, the fact that it actually happens or the fact that people know it happens, but still go and buy these products. Mm. And actively defend it when you call them out on uh, on these things as well. Like they, the lengths that people go to to justify it, as you said, mm. is mean I don't think people realise what exactly they're defending. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, <laughs> I made a, um, I made a sign at Animal Rebellion that says if, if you're laughing, then you don't understand. Now, this yeah. was, uh, what inspired me to make this sign was on, on the first day of, on, on our first march, some guy his, uh, in his family, so he had a daughter and maybe a mother-in-law and a wife there, he was like pointing and laughing at us. So, me being me said on the megaphone, I hope you're not <laughs> laughing at animal abuse, sir. That's a very bad example to be setting for your daughter. Yeah. But he stopped laughing then and he looked quite ashamed and he looked forward and he carried on walking. Now, it wasn't to shame him. I did get told off by Animal Rebellion um, <laughs> for, for talking to him on the megaphone, which uh, <laughs> I didn't realise how strict they were. I'm quite used to um, just outreach with just independent groups. Um, but it wasn't to shame him. It, it was more to sort of just show him what he was doing was wrong. He was laughing at animal abuse by laughing at us marching against it yeah and i think people don't realize that people people say oh vegans you're they're so self-righteous i'm not bothered about myself i'm bothered about the horrible things that happen to animals and how we're going to stop it i don't walk around thinking i'm better than everyone for being vegan but then on the other hand loads of people say oh it's brilliant that you're vegan but i couldn't do it so maybe there is something better about us if we can do it but other people can't and but I think it's... it's weird that things that are called uh, like selfish and self-righteous, uh, things like that, when we're defending others and they're literally paying for animals to be enslaved on their behalf yeah. for something they don't need. How self-righteous to believe that you have the right to do yeah. that to an animal or to pay for someone else to do that to an animal. Because 80% of people in this country, I guarantee it i wish we could do a study i wish we could do some kind of poll because 80 percent of the people in this country would not go out and kill their own animals they would not go out and do what slaughterhouse workers and farmers are doing to animals for their own gain they would go oh you Mm. know what i don't want to cut a chicken's head off i don't want to stab a pig in the throat i'm just going to eat vegan and join these lunatics who think that compassion is more important than bacon well, I tell you what, I had some fake bacon today in a nice tiger bread salt and pepper loaf from Morrison's and it was absolutely delicious. No no oh. murder, no suffering. Easy. Yeah, I, I never used to know how I felt about the uh, the vegan bacon because I didn't want it to taste too mm. realistic because just even hearing the word bacon makes me feel sick. Gross, but, yeah. Um, I tried, is it from, uh, what's it, plant? The plant oh, kitchen. Uh, yeah, that's Something it. Something like that. Yeah, and they did one somewhere, mm. and they had like vegan bacon, and it was so nice. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's slightly different texture, but it's got that same like taste. Yeah, but um, it's like the smoky taste. It's not, it's not, it's not got that stringy bit of fat that pings back and hits you in the face. <laughs> it's not, 
It's not a type two carcinogen. And look this up as well, anyone listening. These these pig products are carcinogenic. They will help cancer cells in your body grow, especially yeah. things like the the processed ones, like sausage rolls from Greg's and that sort of thing. That you got vegan sausage rolls right next door to that, right on the shelf, right next to it. My friend messaged me. Um, today actually saying these vegan sausage rolls are popping off and that's that's a product that he will now go for instead Mm. of the pork sausage rolls well pig sausage rolls these euphemisms that are deep rooted into us yeah yeah that's something i've been trying to do recently is like when people say oh my my steak or Mm. something it's like it's not your steak it's like it's the body of an animal this is tortured yeah, and it's not even a steak. It's it's just cow flesh. Yeah, but just I think it's uh it's funny because I always see a lot of posts that say things like uh, why do vegans always try and make vegetables look like meat or whatever? But <laughs> I think the question is why do you always try to make animals look like things they're not as well? It's like yeah, trying exactly. to disguise it almost like because obviously people are compassionate and do have a heart, and I mm. think if people did realize what was going on then a lot of people wouldn't be uh, defending it the way they do. And obviously sure. that's why we've come up with these terms like pork and beef. Yeah. Just to disguise it it's, a bit. It's but... to change, change people's mindset so they're not eating a cow, they're not eating a pig, they are eating them things. But there's been a few mm. funny prank videos come out recently. Um, well, they've probably been out there for a year, for years, but I've only seen them recently. This, um, oh, it was a, a, an advert in Israel, I think. Um, oh, I saw this. It was yeah. really good. And she asked for, she's looking old lamb over there. They don't want to, she doesn't want to get the frozen one. She wants the fresh one. They go over to the butcher counter and she's got all the meat laid out there. She goes, no, I want extra fresh. And the guy calls out for an extra fresh lamb and the, the other butcher just brings out an alive lamb and he hands it to her and says, right, let's get this prepared for you. And she's making a connection with the animal right there and then. And there was yeah. another, another prank where, um, people were asking for fresh sausages and they're like, oh yeah, they look lovely. I'll have a kilo of them. And the guy was getting a piglet and putting it into this machine. And, <laughs> and it comes out as mince and or something, it comes out, it? Yeah. And they're all panicking. They're like, no, 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 don't kill the piglet. But it just goes to show that d- these people really don't know where their meat comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it's, uh, it's not that people don't have, have that in the bottom of their heart like the compassion but mm. i think it's just that it has to sort of be shaken out of people almost yeah just because of the the conditioning and that it's been made socially acceptable for so long that it's almost like because it's legal that somehow makes it moral yeah pe- which uh, obviously that uh, comes up yeah like legality and morality are two separate things so yeah. just because something's legal doesn't necessarily mean that, that we should be should be doing it but Absolutely. um do you have any forms of activism that you think are probably the most effective or different sort of uh methods so things like online or vigils or well this is uh, something i was outreach. discussing with two of my friends um the other day this is the thing people say that we talk about being vegan all the time and we're always talking about it but i always i always find that it's people asking me the questions people are intrigued mm. about what i've got to say and what i'm doing and my perspective um and it came up that they didn't like Joey Carbstrong's approach, thought he, they thought he was too aggressive. Um, and to that, I would say that there are uh, politer people, perhaps. I think Joey Carbstrong's fantastic. He's actually a huge inspiration. And him and yeah. Paul Bashir of Anonymous for the Voiceless are actually uh, 
the the main reasons that I went out and did activism. I think their their style is fantastic because they're direct, they're straight to the point. Um, for years, I've tiptoed around it and I've gone, oh yeah, well, I won't tell you too much about what happens. But no, now if someone asks me, you're going to hear what happened the full story yeah if you're gonna make a joke about me i'm gonna tell you exactly why your joke's not funny um i think i I was so nervous to go out for so long so like six years vegan and hadn't even been out to do any activism i would encourage all vegans please going vegan is a huge huge step and you're doing amazing by the animals but people aren't going to stop doing what they're doing to animals um just just for the fun of it not everyone has like a click moment like I do. Some people need to mm. need it there in front of them while they need to go. Um, so yeah. just to touch back on approach, I don't think there is a bad approach for no. veganism. I think all activism is good activism. If people pick up on your approach, they are using you as an excuse to not make a change in their life. It's not about approach because we're living in a technological age. There's information out there about veganism that's delivered in every way, every package. There's even like a huge, like 40 year old muscly bodybuilder bloke, like a just looks like a taxi driver or something like that. But there's someone out there for you. It's not our approach that's putting you off. It's not what we're doing that's putting you off. You've just not got it in your heart yet. You've just not made that connection with the animals in farms and the bits of animal on your plate. Yeah, because I think as well, it's it comes down to the thing that like you can be as polite as you can to someone mm. or you could be rude to somebody. And I've seen people use both approaches with like the same person mm. and either way, they just don't, don't want to listen. So I don't think it's like you said, a lot of people don't like Joey Carbstrong's approach where it's a bit more direct and like holding people accountable, mm. but truth I've, hurts. Seen, I've also seen videos with earthling Ed and he's been like completely polite to people uh, almost like tiptoeing around the main the main subject, yeah, not sure. offend anyone, and they still react in exactly the same way. So I think it is just the fact that they know deep down that something is is wrong, and almost like you have to because once you acknowledge the fact that you think something is immoral or wrong, then it's like you're going to have to make a change. So it's almost just trying to avoid the uh, inevitable. Completely agree. And that's why people do all these mental somersaults. They go, oh, what, are you going to go tell a lion not to eat a gazelle? Well, no, because the lion will eat me as well. Um, And they have to for survival. Yeah, they have to for survival. They say, what about tribes? You're going to go out and tell tribes? It's like, come on. People are always deflecting. Uh, people are always trying to condemn your approach and it's just because they don't want to make a change themselves people know what you're saying is right and they don't like hearing it um yeah i would probably say if people say they don't like your approach you're doing it right they don't like your approach because it's making them think it's making them change it's it's bizarre to me because leading up to my um days going my mum's going vegan my mum was looking into a lot about the taiji uh, dolphin festival so that's over in japan um, they yeah. law. I think there's a documentary about it called The Cove, uh, and I'll leave it at that. If anyone wants to go and watch that, um, and also Yulin Dog Festival, which is just it's hugely well known across the world, um, mostly over this side of the world because of how inhumane and disgraceful it is what we do, mm. well, what they do to dogs. But and I've, people uh, from over here, I've seen uh, mm. on Facebook and stuff, like pretty much everybody protests against that. Which exactly. Is, uh, 
And the same with the uh, the dolphin thing you just mentioned. Mm. It's it's like uproar as soon as anyone mentions uh, consuming a dog. But yeah, it's, well, back back to what you were saying anyway. It, I just interrupted. Oh no, it's all right. No, but it is. You're absolutely right. Um, my nan, being one of the main culprits for this, she talks about how disgraceful it is what happens to dogs and. So many people in this country seem to be condemning China for the way that they treat animals. Um, And yeah, they might be a bit more barbaric to their animals than we are over here. But it's it's all a margin. It doesn't matter who's more abusive. It's (laughs) what we're doing to animals on our soil is a disgrace. And until we're a flagship of animal rights, until us as a country are treating all animals the right way, who do we think we are going to these other countries and saying, you've got to stop doing this? I mean, imagine, imagine China, right? They get a letter from England and they open it and they go, all oh, right, so it's English letter here. Uh, they want us to stop abusing dogs. Uh, why just dogs? But we're, do- we're doing stuff to all animals. They're doing stuff to pigs and cows and chickens. Why do they want yeah. us to stop doing it to dogs? It's just baffling to me i don't understand why how we're in this position and i think people can quite easily sit there and post on facebook like oh what's happening to dogs in in uh, china is wrong and what's happening to the to the pilot whales in the in the faroe islands is absolutely disgusting whilst they're eating a bacon sandwich or whilst they're yeah. about to get their lamb chops out of the oven who are you to condemn other people abusing animals when you're paying for that abuse yeah regardless exactly. of what it's, animal it is it's just that that connection because mm. um going back a little bit this morning i went well i was on the way to that vigil yeah and uh quickly pulled over to get some petrol and there was a a chicken truck in the uh at the petrol station oh god so um i went over i had all my camera and stuff with me obviously because mm. i was on the way to a vigil anyway and uh, I asked the driver if I could take some pictures and stuff. So I, was, I just took some photos of, of the chickens and they were in the The terrible... chickens were in the truck. He wasn't coming from the slaughterhouse. Yeah, he was just about to drop them off, he said. Because wow. uh, uh, the, the lay-by was right near uh, Suffolk and there's obviously eye poultry, which I've been to a few mm. times. And I think that's obviously where he was taking them. But it was really interesting because I had a bit of a debate with him about it because he, he got out and was like why do you want to take pictures of the chickens anyway and i explained the whole uh vegan spire page and stuff and said that we're just yeah. trying to get people to acknowledge them a bit more and think about the fact that they can feel pain and suffer and stuff and he was just like yeah it's really disgusting uh and stuff and then i was like but aren't you just about to drop them off at a slaughterhouse and he goes yeah yeah but not being funny, they are bred for this purpose. Oh, or whatever. And then I, I said, yeah, but they breed dogs in China for the same purpose. And obviously there's uproar whenever that mm. uh, festival is mentioned. And he didn't really have a response other than the fact that we was never going to stop it or whatever. But I, I'd just like to I... ask your listeners at this point, imagine that with any other injustice, imagine if we found or this paedophile ring that's apparently going to be exposed in Hollywood imagine if they came out with a statement that said look we understand you don't like what we're doing but we've bred the children for this purpose and you're never going to stop it yeah and you're you're never going to stop it anyway and oh it's it's humane we give them a good life they've got 
tickets to Disney World. Yeah, they live in mansions for they the rest live... of their lives. Exactly. Imagine that with any <laughs> other injustice. It, it, it's just crazy the excuses people make. Yeah. They were bred for that purpose, but what a horrible, horrible purpose to be bred for. They still yeah. feel feelings. They're still experiencing reality. They're still feeling pain their yeah, entire it, life. It's crazy as well when you sort of spend time with uh, different animals, even things like chickens that people mm. seem to think they're like vegetables or something. <laughs> um, it is crazy when you spend time with them and you realise how affectionate and playful and uh, joyful they can be when they're not in those conditions or whatever yeah they've got and their individual and, little personalities they've got yeah and then when you think about the way we just chuck them in trucks and like you said they've all got their individual personality but you never see that it's just like one huge group of like hundreds of chickens all crammed into one truck yeah as if they're all just like waste almost and it's just a uh, it's really astonishing, especially when you make that connection with animals mm. um, and then you realise the, the stuff that we put them through. It's, it almost makes it even more horrific when you think about the stuff they endure because of what we demand. It's just uh, it's really crazy. Just for some ignorant bloke in the street to walk past and shout, ha ha, bacon. <laughs> yeah. It's just... And one interesting thing the driver was saying was because obviously I got footage of the uh, chickens, mm. but he was saying that they the only reason all their feathers are missing is because they're so young they haven't developed feathers yet. Okay. I, but um I mean obviously I know that's not not true because Yeah, except all, all the feathers. <laughs> all the stuff we've seen. <laughs> yeah. Obviously the conditions and, and stuff like that that they live in, which causes causes that. But it's just almost like he's convinced himself that that's like he said it with such authority that that's like what he actually believes. I was just about to say it. It makes you wonder: is this just an excuse, or does he really truly believe that? And I think mm. when it comes to when it comes to things like this, and people doing bad things in in all walks of life, not just animal abuse, I think people the lies people tell themselves to convince themselves that what they're doing is okay. It it they really do. It, they lie to themselves to a point where you don't know what they believe. Yeah. Um, but that guy probably does really believe that what he's doing is absolutely fine. Um, I suppose he wouldn't be doing it otherwise because I, I couldn't do that knowing that it was wrong. I suppose you sort of have to uh, disconnect yourself like that if you're going to do something like that as a job. Absolutely, um, yeah. It's probably easier for him to tell himself that it's all fine and that's they just don't have feathers. Like, Why would chickens have feathers? Yeah, I know. They're not a bird or anything, are they? They're just an object no. that we use. Yeah, they're just uh, vegetables. Crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is just crazy. I mean, especially the first event that we met at. Mm. That was that's got to be one of the, uh, the craziest things I've seen at, yeah. at a vigil. I mean, for anyone who hasn't already listened to the first, I think it was the first episode I mentioned that in. Mm. But we was, we was basically at an, uh, a vigil in Farnborough, and a a cow had already turned up with its throat slit. But do you remember how crazy the driver was? Well, it was actually the farmer as well, wasn't he? Yeah, so this guy, he was the farmer. Um, he turned up, he was licking his lips, he was making steak jokes, just like um, just like normal people, really, just blending in with normal people. But he, has these, mm. he had these cold eyes, like there was, there was nothing behind there, like he's been doing this sort of thing for years. Uh, one of the activists actually put a rose through the... Um, because we, we had a fl had flowers out that day to remember Regan Russell, 
who was um who was run over by a animal truck in Canada whilst she was protesting at an exact exact same kind of event a vigil um so we had flowers nearby so one of the activists dropped a rose into the into the truck on top of the cow and then upon leaving the slaughterhouse the farmer wound down his window threw the rose out and said we won't be needing this anymore and these are people who are supposed to be loving their animals um Mm. these are people we're told that farmers love their animals they work so hard um but yeah where's the love there yeah the is astonishing to me and especially even people that have seen that like I shared it on Instagram on the Vegan Spire page and I even had people like laughing on the comments. It's yeah. Just, I just don't understand it. I mean, I think it is sort of a a defense mechanism in some in some cases where they know it's wrong but they don't really have a response and it sort of makes them feel better to to laugh at it rather than to uh, acknowledge what's actually Yeah. Going on. I think sometimes people are just um taking the mick as well really. They re- some people really aren't bothered about it and I think people are trying to hurt us as vegans but all they're really doing is just embarrassing themselves in front of mm. however many people are going to look at your page because whether people eat meat or not i think it's a very small percentage of people who would actually laugh about what happens to animals yeah um, people who eat meat know that it's bad often and don't want to talk about it or even know about what happens um so yeah i think even that your average meat eater would condemn someone for laughing at that kind of animal abuse yeah. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you is mm. if you could uh, give one message to all the non-vegans, what would you what would your main message be? My message would be when I when I first had that click moment, I went home and I cut out the main thing. So I cut out milk. Um, I stopped eating meat um, and I stopped having eggs. So I, I was pretty much vegan from there. However, I was still having chocolate bars and bags of crisps with like milk and stuff in it. Um, So although it wasn't the blatant product in my mind, um, there was still like it was still an ingredient in some of the things I was having. Um, I I would just say cut out everything you can. It doesn't have to be this overnight swap. It's not even a hard thing to do. Going vegan is the easiest thing to do. And every person I've met that is vegan only regrets not doing it sooner because yeah. when you see the statistics it's something like when you're not vegan you're contributing to about 140 animal deaths a year um, and even if it was one animal death a year I mean that that blood is on your hands as someone who is paying for it um, jo- join us like my favorite thing about animal rebellion was not just going out and doing the actions and standing up for what we believe in and having a voice it was how different every single one of us was such a diverse range of people but we're all so accepting we're we're a supportive environment you won't catch us shaming people for their weight their skin color what they like to do at the weekends we are a group of people with compassion and empathy for our fellow humans and fellow animals just look into it because this is I'm vegan purely for the animals, but going vegan solves a lot of issues. If you think about the environment and animal agriculture being the biggest damage to the world, you're, you're eliminating that damage by going vegan. If you think yeah. about health issues, the number one cause of human being deaths a year is heart disease. Most people know someone who's had a heart attack that would most likely be from cholesterol in, in animal products. 
So you're, yeah. you're sorting your health out as well. And then one more recently I've been thinking about is when we think about crimes being committed, we think about theft, burglaries, rapes, murders. These are all crimes that involve a victim. And to produce a victim, you need to not be thinking about that person. You need to not care that you're stealing from someone. So with crime, with that lack of empathy also comes crime. So if we all made a switch, if we all started to care about creatures as small as bees, flies, spiders, that will trickle up. That will trickle upwards. To humans as well. To humans, exactly. If we're starting at the top with, right, let's get right taking us back like 400 years let's get white rights for white people that's that's technically the way history has gone the top of the food chain because we took slaves and horrible human stuff so if you look at that and then we go down and then we get rights for the next person and then the next person we're we're going down it's going to stop eventually if we all get rights for the lowest in society animals that will only trickle up in the way that we look to each other. And that's, that's a, my ideal view of the world. That, that is a really good way of thinking about it. I never even considered that, actually. It was because... Paul Bashir who put me on that thought process, you know. He had an interesting conversation with a girl on the subway, and he said, if we can care about... It was... An ant. Yeah, if oh. we can care about an ant or something as small as the bee, he was saying basically how um, the difference between dogs and pigs is only really a visual aspect. And it's the first form of discrimination we're taught as children. We're taught to not care about chickens, pigs, cows. Just cut them up, eat them, it's fine. But dogs, cats, pets, love them. them. So that's the first form of discrimination we're taught. So when people then go up into later life, if you're already in a discriminative mindset, you might think, well black people or Mexican people or Chinese people or whoever other people, they're different to me. And it's the same difference between pigs and dogs Uh, that can just trickle in. And it sounds mental, but as we're developing as from children into adults, all these thoughts are in our subconscious. They're things we've already learned and that we don't look back on to question. It's a really good analogy that you used with the, uh, the stealing as well Mm. with, so say if somebody was about to, or, someone who's vegan might consider more that that would then cause distress or harm to someone else. But you're more or less likely to consider that. I think if you're, if you already don't care about uh, compassion and and things like that, it's really interesting. Like girls, if you've been wronged before, go out and get yourself a vegan man. I'd never ever dream (laughs) doing anything to hurt or upset my girlfriend. I'd never cheat on her because I'd always be thinking of, the effect that would have on her and her emotions. I think so many people nowadays, and this is something my dad said to me a long time ago. He said, son, look after number one. Don't worry about anyone else. Look after yourself. And I think that's such such a sad way to live. We've got this, Boris Johnson was saying at the beginning of the year with um, regards to COVID as we need like herd immunity. We are herd animals. We're so similar to cows in the sense that we're mammals we have a they have a nine-month pregnancy cycle we have a nine-month pregnancy cycle they have maternal links to their young just like human beings do they cry for their young if something happens a human being would do aren't we all banding together why are we so desperate to live our lives separate in as small a circle as possible whatever happened to community spirit 
Like, I wouldn't dream of knocking my next door neighbor neighbor's door and asking him for a cup of sugar. But if I lived in a block of vegan people, I'd knock the door and say, look, I ain't had time to go shopping. What are you cooking up tonight? And they <laughs> yeah. welcome me in and they say, you just do me dinner tomorrow. It's, yeah. all, it's all about changing your mindset. And it's not, this isn't just an issue, although it's vegan for the animals, it's not just helping the animals. It will help a, a wider range of people. Yeah, I mean, it is, I think, solely an animal rights issue. But as you said, it is a human rights issue as well. For sure. And yeah, as you said, it's just the way that we, you change your perspective as a whole. Mm. Not, it's not just for animals. It's just treating everyone else with respect. Which um, is why it baffles me when people say, oh, you care about animals more than humans. It, no, I care about animals enough to go out and speak about it because other people don't care about these issues. There's people out speaking for world hunger. There's people out speaking for the refugees. Now, as with when the Black Lives Matter thing came out, I remember as a straight white male, <laughs> I remember thinking, wow, are we really still doing this? Is it, it's mm. 2020, are people really still being racist? Are we still not getting along as a society? It, yeah. And it blows my mind that, we're supposed to be these intelligent creatures. We can't even look past something as simple as race. Ginger yeah. kids at school used to get ripped on for being ginger. I had a freckle yeah. on my nose and a bit of a high voice. I used to get picked on for that. There's people who are too fat, you're either too skinny. We all, not us because we're vegans, but non-vegans all seem to just pick on each other. The fact that be kind was mm. even a hashtag is baffling. You, your parents should have taught you that. That shouldn't be yeah. something just going around the internet just as a trend to only then be nasty again a month later and cause the same issue to happen. We should just be being kind anyway, and that should extend to everyone, creatures, children, adults, even bullies. Yeah. We need it's, to be it's nice funny to the, people. The fact you were saying about um, your and astonished that people still are being racist mm. and that we even have to do things like the black lives matter march mm. i mean in this day and age you would have thought that we was long past that but it's almost the same that i feel with with the animal rights side it's like i can't believe that people are so blinded and unwilling yeah. to see to see what's really happening because it's it's one thing to be unconscious of what's going on but so mm. many people now, because of things like this and different videos and things, are, are aware and just don't don't make that change. But I can't believe it's such a hard task to get people to just change what they eat. It's yeah. Just, uh, it's, it's such a simple change you can make, like, tomorrow. And from then on, it's just, yeah, you're demanding a change and you're no longer supporting, like, enslavement and murder of animals it's just but yeah. i don't understand how that's such a hard concept for it's people not to grasp. It's, it is baffling i can't believe going vegan is such a hard sell you're not joining a cult you've not got to give us your credit card details yeah we're not you, gaining anything from it i gain nothing i, I get it's yeah it's it is a selfless thing to do because you're not going to get a thanks from the animals you're not going to get a thanks from anybody your vegan mate might give you a pat on the back and start yeah. showing more interest in you because your your morals are more in line with his now. Um, but I think people think you're going to go out into the garden and pick some leaves off the tree, put it in a bag, put it in a bowl with some soil and drizzle some rainwater on it. I think that's what people <laughs> think vegans eat. But I eat the exact same 
as everyone else. Just the yes. ingredients are different. I still have lasagna. That's like one of my girlfriend's favourites. I just started making that this year. It, it's exactly, well, it's better. I wouldn't even say it's the same as meat stuff. No, it's nicer, yeah. It's so much nicer. It's cleaner. You don't feel so bogged down and heavy afterwards. 75% of the population is lactose intolerant. So even just cutting dairy out of your diet, you're going to just feel naturally a lot better. And and you never have to have that on your on your conscience that what you've just supported or yeah. or whatever you can just clean your clean your hands and never have to have a, a guilty conscience again. And yeah, exactly. I think that is such a great feeling after you eat a meal and you just think that's just to all... feel fresh and light. Yeah. Like there's still vegan junk food. You can still eat vegan food that makes you feel a bit sick and bogged down. Like for example, beans on toast. That's vegan. But if you eat like a big amount of that, you might feel a bit heavy and, and yeah. tired. It, it's about eating the right foods. But in, in all of life, even if you are eating the right foods, I yeah. think people are cheeky saying, but where do you get your protein from? Where do you get your B12 from? And they've probably not had their five fruit and veg, their five a day, which is now yeah. seven a day since ever. And most of these what? people don't even track what they're eating anyway. So how are they sure that they're meeting the requirements that they need? Exactly. These people assume just because they're eating meat, they're getting all the things they need. But the reality is these people wouldn't even know what B12 is or protein. Nice. Well, they still don't know what B12 and protein is because I always have to explain it to people that ask. But it's there, was like... a, there was a study that I saw recently. I can't remember who it was from, yeah. but it was something that said um, that overall there was more that uh, uh, non-vegans had two more nutrient deficiencies uh, on average than a vegan oh man send me that that's going up on facebook yeah and that <laughs> i was, need to read that that was compared to one of the worst uh forms of a vegan diet that you can actually have so it's like Seriously. based on the junk food vegan diet <clears throat> so that's crazy i think it was something like the average meat eater has nine deficiencies in like major nutrients or whatever well i've started thinking of asking people asking other people meat eaters oh are you vegan yeah i am are you not no but where do you get your b12 from are you getting enough protein oh that maybe would be such a good script. video idea yeah maybe it's time to flip the script on meat eaters <laughs> yeah we should go around asking people whether they get their b12 or iron and see if they can actually name how they get their b12 or yeah for sure that would be so funny, that's actually. a really good idea i tell you maybe what i'm we should so do on that. board for that <laughs> yeah, I'm, up, with you, man. <laughs> I'm up for that maybe we should meet up in london or something and do yeah something. for sure we'll get a little table set up like joey carbstrong and we say meat eaters are you getting enough nutrients i'm really up for this please discuss oh right, okay have a little message so after this. To, all, to all the listeners keep <laughs> make sure you subscribe to this because this could be future uh future podcast. content man yeah, yeah future content born here <laughs> well like, it, not if someone steals our idea before we actually get to do it Oh, I'd just love to see it in practice. Someone can steal the idea if you want. That's the thing I love so much about the vegan community. If someone did go out, we wouldn't be sat here salty going, oh, we were going to do that. We'd be like, yes, fair plays. There's people going out and doing yeah. the same thing we're doing. Like I said about the Animal Rebellion, it's just such a supportive environment. Um, there's just no judgment there. You're just on the same page with everyone, whether they're a mechanic or a beautician or they're 80 years old and retired, um, whether they've got pink hair brown hair it doesn't matter we're all we're all the same when we go out to these events and the yeah. support is just unreal yeah um 
I can't believe how long we've been on this podcast now. It's 60 minutes. I can't either, man. You're going to have to do it in like three episodes. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> It's like an Avengers feature-length film. Yeah, we'll start wrapping it up towards the end and we can always do a separate podcast. If, uh, I'd love to be any... on again, Connor. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, if anyone's got some like topics that they want us to discuss in particular, that'd be good mm. for people to, to uh, suggest some different things. But... Uh, do you have any main objectives or goals within animal rights for the near future? Like things you'd like to sort of like target in specifically? Absolutely. So this is a little bit of a shout out as well. So as I said, towards the beginning of the episode, I'm from Southampton. Um, I've joined Southampton Vegan Action, um, Portsmouth Animal Liberation as well. So please, please, please look up these groups, give them a like, support what they're doing. Um, Portsmouth Animal Liberation just did an event this weekend about vivisection. Um, Like we spoke about a little bit as well, we focus on animal agriculture because that's the one that everybody contributes to um, subconsciously. You'll meet a lot of meat eaters who are against like Yulin, Dog dog Meat Festival and and vivisection, fox hunting, those kind of things. Um, So that's why we focus on on animal agriculture but it's nice to focus on them things sometimes we even pro- protested an aquarium um uh, at the end of last month at the end of august which again got a fantastic response from the public so that was portsmouth animal liberation um southampton vegan action as well fantastic guys richard and julia down there my absolute heroes <laughs> i love <laughs> them so much but i did a quite a bit of activism with them as well. And I was also planning on doing um, some action with Salisbury animal action as well. Um, But now I've moved up to Telford. I'm quite a bit away from that. I'm about two and a half hours away. So I am looking for other groups to join, to go out, but I'm also looking at starting my own situation. Yeah. So I won't talk too much about this idea because I would be upset if someone stole this one. (laughs) Um, But I want to, I want to create a group. I want to create not, a group of a hundred people in one area, but a presence. Yeah. Um, my idea is to, or how to, how to explain it without giving it away. If there's anyone in Telford who wants to get involved in big action, or if there's anyone around the country who wants to get involved in big action, but individual ones, for example, taking our protest to a hundred KFCs or a hundred McDonald's. Now yeah. this is big forward thinking, but this is the kind of group I'm going to be going to be trying to create. Um, People like groups like Animal Rebellion are doing fantastic in organising huge marches um, to go through London, which BBC News quite conveniently ignore. (laughs) Um, But there is lots of information out there about our protests and marches, what we did. Um, And also AV, they do their cubes, um, Earthlings, the Earthling events, um, direct action. They're all doing very good action, but I don't think there's anything like this going on. Hmm. Um, that sounds interesting you might have to send me a message after this yeah i will do it will be sort of like a task force group of six so we'll even be i had this thought before the new regulations came in i was in um unity diner in london oh i love that place absolutely fantastic and it's so good oh i didn't have the fish and trips chips but i tried a prawn and i tried a bit of um calamari but all vegan of course it's a entirely vegan restaurant and they were better than the real thing yeah, mum, it's funny, really, because my mum has been allergic to prawns for like, mm. it was just all of a sudden, but it's been over like 15 years or something. And um, so she, when we went there for my birthday, she had vegan prawns mm. and she was she couldn't believe how nice they tasted. And it was good because she's obviously not allergic to them. So. Yeah, 
that's ab- absolutely amazing unity diner is fantastic so that's a little plug for unity diner as well i definitely you... recommend getting the chocolate cake at the end oh my goodness man I... <laughs> <laughs> if you I can go back it. I'll tell you what, we'll go on a little date somewhere there, Connor, and we'll talk about this um Oh, we can go there after video. we do our uh, video um, ideas. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I kind of had this epiphany in, in Unity Diner about, I've been thinking a lot about how to revolutionise vegan activism and the way we go out and do it, because we've got our, we've got our grassroots activism going out, outreach, vigil, stuff like that. But how can we really, really make dents on companies? How can we really, mm. really affect them? Um, yeah. So yeah, before before the next day, this group of six come out, and I thought, my goodness, it's a bit of a sign. Um, my idea was groups of six. You'd have like two people with a TV, um, one person handing out leaflets, maybe one person with a sign, and two people doing outreach. And we'd go into these corporations, um, yeah. and we'd do two, like a hundred at a time. This is my vision for the future. But even if we can just start off small and do ten in a local area, like yeah. that's that's a big that's a big uh, shout. I've always really liked that idea of having like a direct, a really direct sort of action because really I think direct that action. is the sort of thing that will wake people up. It's like all this stuff where you have to sort of uh, pussyfoot around the mm. real issue. But I think if we just go in and hit it hard, yeah, it will wake people up. I mean, obviously it will cause a bit of a stir as well, but I mean, no, That's the point. no publicity is bad publicity. Exactly. So. Not everyone will agree with us. Um, we'll get people talking people about it anyway. Yeah, and like I said earlier, the people who say that they don't like our approach, those are the ones who it's going to hit hardest. They don't like it because it's waking them up. It's yeah, teaching it's true. them something. Yeah, so uh, maybe we'll throw in some positive things to end end it off. Instead oh, of I'd love to, because there's so much positivity in this movement. Yeah. This is, people often hear the negativity in the movement because the negativity is what's happening to animals. Yeah, it's and, like the main message and you forget about all the positivity that comes along exactly. with, with it. People say, why don't you put up more recipes? And I'd love to put up recipes. I'd love to put up pictures of the food I'm cooking. Um, but cooking yourself a vegan pizza isn't going to change what happens to animals. Changing the way you look at animals and yeah, then going and cooking a vegan pe- pizza is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's similar to with me because um, where I volunteer at the Tower Hill animal sanctuary near me it's it's such a nice thing to go there and help out and just spend time with all of the animals because it can get quite uh hard if you're just attending things like vigils all the time and and seeing them in the worst conditions whereas if you go somewhere as lovely as tower hill and you sort of uh bond with all the animals it's really refreshing to have a bit of positivity as well yeah i bet it is man that's something that i'd like to get involved with especially once i get settled down here um going mm. out and helping with the badger calls probably going to be a bit of a bit of a hard one um yeah, i think it's like a balancing hunters. act isn't it yeah yeah and it's like anything in life you've got to have the positivity to outweigh the bad and i think uh, it's it was bob ross actually bob ross the painter i'm not sure if you've heard of him uh, but he used to do a show called the joy of painting with bob ross and he's got his big afro and he's like the kindest most gentle guy ever Sometimes yeah. he's got like a little rescue squirrel in his pocket or something like that, or he does a segment about the animals he was working with. But he said, mm. sometimes you've got to have the bad to appreciate the good. And it's so true. You can't, you, you've got to have the bad to appreciate the positives, but you've also got to have the positives to not be weighed down by the negatives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think as well, especially if uh, regards to the sanctuary, it's like if you spend a lot of time 
with the animals and you sort of have that connection then it, mm. it does also fuel your activism further as well so yeah it, it does balance out nicely when you when you have the the two t- as motivation like you can go to vigils and it motivates me to to get the message out there but then so does spending time with animals who you do get to see the compassion and love that they offer yeah at the same time it's it's almost like a different uh that personal kind attachment of almost speak with them in mind spe- speaking out for that animal personally with with that pig or chicken in mind i suppose it's almost similar to when people stand up for the yule and dog meat festivals because you have that connection with with their dog with dogs mm. and if you put say you put your dog in that position you you couldn't bear the thought of it so Absolutely. i think that's obviously a, a good thing but do you have any favorite dishes now that we're talking well we was talking about food oh, favorite ago. dishes so... like if you could have have one last meal all right if i was if i was on death row um... i think you can include restaurants as well if you want to go for unity diner oh no that's <laughs> all right homemade i do like to eat out sometimes i do like um i do like to order takeaway every now and then um it's a it's a rarity i, I prefer to cook for myself really that way yeah. i can do all the exact flavors that i want um but yeah it, uh, be, being put to the electric chair for standing on the pavement holding up a sign saying please stop killing animals yeah. um i'd probably ask if i could make a pizza um i my friend uh, Charlie Matthews, shout out Charlie Matthews. Uh, he's his mum's vegan. He's not vegan, but he eats. He's pretty. He's pretty much eats vegan all the time. Um, yeah. Always when he's with me, he eats vegan. Um, and that that really is what it means to have respect. When someone says, "Oh, I respect your decision to be vegan," and then sit um, there and eat a steak, and then sit there and eat an animal in front of you, the respect is to go, "Oh." I don't mind eating vegan with you this one meal out of 21 and it's yeah. like yeah cool um, I do but... hear that a lot where people say oh I respect what you're doing yeah and then they'll sit opposite you and eat like a cow and then I think that's where's the respect the... it's the opposite of what you just said <laughs> yeah Paul Bashir quite recently in a video said um oh I could be trailing off again <laughs> Paul Bashir in a video recently said people say they respect your decision but they don't really respect the decision they just want you to respect theirs so you're not talking to them about yeah. it all the time. They get to ignore it. It's almost just sort of like calling a truce. Yeah, it's like a, t- a method to sort of shut us up and yeah. not mention it whilst they're trying to enjoy what they what they otherwise would know is wrong. But what I hear is I respect your decision. Tell me loads more about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my friend Charlie Matthews, and I'll send this over to you if you want, Connor. Um, and we can, you can post it on the link if anyone else wants to out there wants to try this recipe. Yep. Um, it's a really easy pizza dough recipe, um, and I make make that make that up myself from scratch with flour and water, whatever it is. Um, I made a stuffed crust the other day with it, cheese all in the crust, um, vegan cheese of course, pine nuts on top, some mushrooms. Um, where it's a pizza, you put exactly what you want to put on top of it. You don't need me to tell you what to put on your pizza. You know what you like on your pizza, <laughs> and that's part of the freedom with the meal. Even um, pineapple, if people. I actually really like pineapple on pizza, but I'm I've had a lot of crap. Of, yeah, I'm not a fan that. of pineapple on pizza, <laughs> but I would certainly never condemn anyone's choice to put a fruit on a piece of pizza rather as than long a chunk of animal. Pig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah, I'd have my homemade pizza with pine nuts on it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I do love a good pizza. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think if I could go anywhere, it'd probably be Unity Diner. 
Unity Diner. The food yeah. there is absolutely unreal. And there's, I need to get through that menu. So I need to hit some more activism in London as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll just go and do activism as like a facade. And we actually just go there to go to Unity Diner. Yeah, pe- people who walk past and go, haven't you got anything better to do? It's like, yeah, Unity <laughs> Diner, but we need to outreach for the animals first. <laughs> yeah, so that we deserve it. it. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, um, I think that is probably everything that we was going to cover in the episode. If I'm honest, Connor, I could talk to you all evening about this. Yeah, that's this, what I was just about I to think say we'll that. spare the listeners. <laughs> I think it's been 72 minutes so far. My goodness. So hopefully people can stick through the whole thing. If they're driving or whatever, it might be a good listen. Yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, is there any last things that you wanted to just point out before we wrap it up? Challenge22.com, everybody. Challenge22.com. It's an amazing resource. Um, anybody, that, that's for people who are thinking of going vegan. You'll like, get a mentor. Um, you'll have meal ideas. It will just help you through your first three weeks of um, transitioning to veganism. For In terms of activism, people who are maybe like me, too nervous to go outside, not really worried about confrontation, um, I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised by public response. You do get idiots. Um, and I think the, the vegan community is really welcoming as well. It's, it's not something to be community. afraid of. Yeah, this is, this is the thing. When you start a new job, it's nerve-wracking because you don't know what type of person you're going to meet. But when you start doing outreach with any group, they will always be lovely, decent people. Their hearts will always be in the right place. Yeah, um, and, you've, and instantly got that, you've instantly got that thing... <laughs> that you can uh, like connect or bond over that connection is yeah. there straight away with them people and it's a connection that i really struggle to form with non-vegans um just because always in the back of my mind i'm thinking about um, what these people are contributing to i'm always nervous now of people asking me if i want to go out for food um, yeah i think as well it'd be a really good way for people who are too worried about um getting into it mm. because you instantly make friends who have a similar mindset to you and and then it becomes way less scary when you realise that you're not the only one. Exactly. And these are people that you'll want to hang around with outside of outreach as well. These are people yeah. you're gonna have more you're gonna realise you're gonna have more things in common with. And these are people who are gonna to want to go for lunch with you. They are gonna to want to go for dinner with you. It's a yeah. fantastically strong community. But even if you're not in a position where you'd like to go out and do outreach or vigils um i post loads and loads and loads of stuff on facebook um and it's not popular it's not a popular thing to be posting about uh, sometimes you get like three likes on a on a post um but yeah. when once you start using facebook as a tool to speak for the animals rather than just a rather than just oh look what i'm doing i went to the beach today um you start to not care about the likes you're getting and you no. will be pleasantly surprised at the people who message you throughout the year saying your posts i read your posts and they've made me think about things differently i I get honestly i get loads of people messaging me loads and i do think as well like um it's not necessarily how many people like the post or whatever but i think a Mm. lot of people do see it and read it and then maybe just feel a bit hypocritical to hit that like button but they they do acknowledge it at the same time so it's probably reaching a wider audience than you realize Absolutely. Um, Don't measure your success with likes when it comes to activism and outreach, because no, people exactly. are ne- people on the other side are never going to support you with that. Um, but 
like yeah, until they will. sort of make that switch and then until they make that switch and then they come through on your inbox so proud of themselves so happy oh i've yeah. started cutting out these things oh i never realized this was the case and more recently my cousin messaged me um and she's she's cut almost everything out now she's made a huge change she's in the process of moving too um but she's made huge changes in her life and i think she's just down to eliminating like one or two things now um yeah. so never ever ever doubt that what you're posting is having an effect because it always will be even yeah. if it's just one person it's worth the post it's really easy uh, as well on on my vegan spire page to mm. see how many people actually see each post yeah so um i'll give you an example i'm literally just scrolling down now no that's but there right. was there was a post about dogs that i made uh, mm. to combat that we're bred for that purpose argument mm-hmm uh, that just says that 25 million dogs are consumed annually. So why would we, uh, why eat cows, pigs and sheep uh, when, but love cats and dogs and when they're all capable of suffering and feeling pain? Exactly. Um, but I mean, it's only got 50 likes and three comments, but it's reached 8,000 people. It's absolutely amazing, dude. And I really, really rate your vegan spa. So page. I think it's brilliant. I do think that's obviously uh, shows that non-vegans are looking Mm. at least and uh yeah. maybe aren't interacting but they do they are at least reaching or being reached with the message and if some other posts i've done like pictures from vigils and i've reached nearly twenty thousand people that's and crazy the numbers same, the same story it's like you don't get much uh of interaction or or whatever but you can be sure that people are acknowledging it and it just even people like say if you saw a post like that every day Mm. Um, I do wonder sometimes how long it would take for someone to sort of give in and think, oh, I will look into it further because that's all it takes is like planting the seed and then they watch something like Land of Hope and Glory uh, and then they just completely change their mind. or Yeah. Because that's basically what happened to me. I I saw a few posts by people I know and there's a guy at work who is vegetarian. Mm. And just from being around a, a vegetarian person and then... I sort of thought, oh, maybe I'll look in. And then yeah. uh, he said to watch Land of Hope and Glory. And then instantly I just was like, I can't support this anymore. My goodness. I've not watched that. I stayed away from um, films like Earthlings, Dominion, Land of Hope and Glory. Yeah. The, those things, I, I think I'll probably I go out and tell people, like, you need to watch this. But I know how effective they are. I, I'm already a vegan. I'm already there. I, yeah. I don't want to see that for the hell of it but like we're saying earlier about the negatives and the positives that's a negative that will fuel you i see the odd video here and there um even there was a video about Anne the pig um which was a study about she will we'll post that later because otherwise i talk about that for another like 10 minutes <laughs> um but just little things like that you see it lights that fire don't don't see these things and take on the negative energy and the sadness yeah. for these animals um, of course, it is a sadness for these animals, but convert that energy, convert that energy fuel. into a positive, into exactly into a fuel yeah. to speak for these animals. Tell that after, story. After this episode, we have to uh, sort of think of a, some different topics to dis- to uh, discuss because yeah. today was like a general, just introducing you to the podcast and having a general chat about random stuff that pops to our minds but and look how much look how long we've gone yeah for. <laughs> 80 minutes now 
yeah so maybe if we focus it more next time we'll yeah um... i think we'll do something like that next time and we'll get the listeners to send in some different topics they'd like us to discuss and uh because i think although we've covered quite a lot as you mm. said we could talk for hours and hours, hours so i think there's still a lot more and you've been a really good guest on the uh on the podcast so i think Thanks, it's worth getting you back on oh, i'd love to, to come back on yeah yeah. As long as your listeners ain't stressed by my high voice that I used to get really for. <laughs> they might be asleep by now anyway. Yeah. Like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'll come on anytime. I'll chat to you anytime about it. And we'll definitely get this outreach in London sorted because that would be brilliant. Meat eaters, yeah. are you getting enough nutrients? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> brilliant, mate. Okay, well, thank you a lot for coming on. And, thank uh, you so much. We'll get chatting anyway on Facebook in a minute. It's a pleasure. Follow me on Instagram. I'm matey yeah, underscore ve. <laughs> I was going to mention your page, the uh, the frustrated vegan. Yeah. So where I've been, like I said, I've been moving, um, and I've just started a new job, um, and I've been moving from Southampton to Telford. I'm trying to like get all my stuff sorted. I've not really picked it up as much as I'd like to. Um, my first video was like 36 minutes. It was just a, a rough video I chucked up just to see how going live would be just to see um, if I could do it really. Uh, but I will be changing the format. I will be pre-recording videos. They will be much shorter. Um, but do follow, yeah, the frustrated vegan. Uh, I'm not yep. angry. I am just frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, give me a follow and then um, I'll, I'll be p- posting up content hopefully as soon as possible. Yeah, so we'll cover, we'll go maybe more in depth into the, your page once you come back on the podcast. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Okay, well, as I said, thanks for coming on. And uh, it's been a pleasure to learn more about why you went vegan and what you've been up to and stuff like that and have a chat. Yeah, thanks, dude. Cool. I'll see you soon then. See you later, mate. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Well, there we go. That's the end of episode three of the Vegan Spire podcast. Make sure you follow this podcast as we have some exciting podcasts coming up in the future. We've got guests from Viva and another guest from the Humane League UK. So make sure you don't miss those. And a big thank you to everyone who's listened to yet another episode and made it through the whole hour and 20 minutes. I know that was a long one, but um, thank you very much for listening to yet another episode of the Vegan Spire podcast.